0: Starting. Do do I look that way or do I look that way? You can just
1: look wherever you want, like, don't stare directly. (laughs) So, um, hi everyone, welcome to the first Unite Union podcast. Um, We have Mike here, um, and we're, well, I guess the reason that we're starting this podcast is that so much has happened around the world and New Zealand that is having a huge impact on many workers. Um, A lot of them are. Unites members because they are some of the lower-paid workers, and is facing major changes in um, their work environment. So we're just here today to have a little chat about what is actually happening and what the future of work will look like today. Um, I have Mike here. I'm just going to get him to do a quick introduction on himself and what is happening.
0: Hi, I'm Mike Cream, National Director of Unite Union, and I'm. Um for uh, with Unite for the last 15 or so years and uh, trying to deal with problems that workers have and problems that workers have at the moment are tied up with a deep recession that's unfolding and a pandemic that has paralyzed the economy and is going to have uh, broader and long-term implications in my view. Uh, Currently one point around 1.7 1.7 million workers are receiving a wage subsidy from the government. Um, this is a payment that uh, is given to employers to pass on to workers and was an emergency measure to try to uh, maintain employment, the maintain the employment relationship given uh, the necessity to close down large sectors of the economy as part of the COVID-19 response. Uh, I think this has been uh, relatively effective uh, in that regard and uh, the government is to be given a a thumbs up for moving quickly and for um, making the subsidy uh, available to a broader range of workers that is often in the case overseas, so migrant workers could access it, casual workers could access it, is that not, that's not true in Australia, for example. So uh, it was able to maintain the employment relationship of a lot of workers, And uh, but uh, some employers were, 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 were not even going to take it uh, originally. Some employers we deal with, the cinema, Cinemas, for example. We're going to just shit, uh, lay everybody off immediately without even bothering of passing on uh, collecting and passing on the payment to workers until we threaten to embarrass them in public if they uh, if they did that. Uh, these companies exist to make money. That's their only purpose in life: is to make money. They're not there to employ people. Uh, only if it makes money. Um, so they're not there to provide jobs. They're not even there to provide a Uh, Product really. Um, um, uh, They're just there to uh, generate income for their shareholders. So they don't really care what they do. Um, Often quite accidental, whether they own a casino, a cinema, a burger joint, or or, uh, whatever. They're there to make money for themselves, generate a profit. Uh, pay their chief executives exorbitant salaries and enrich their shareholders. That's their purpose in life. And employing workers is entirely secondary uh, to that process. It's only done if they have to, and uh, and they will get rid of workers as quickly as possible if they can't make any money out of them or can't make as much money as they think they can make elsewhere. So. Uh, it's not even if necessarily if they, if they can't make money because often they can make money, but if they can make more money elsewhere, they'll move their money into another area. <coughs> so the, yeah, so the employer so that first phase of it wasn't too bad. It gave a certain, uh, a, a certain amount of money for full-time part-time workers and the subsidy uh, was taken up very quickly and able to be accessed very easily. Uh, sometimes fraudulently by people who didn't really need it, but you know, it was it, it, it was being used to support uh, 1.7 million workers and maintain that employment relationship through to uh, this month, June. So uh, during this month, that subsidy will be coming to an end and only available now for businesses that have lost 50% of their income. So that'll be a much uh, much smaller number of businesses, and we can expect a wave of layoffs. I'm I'm expecting a tsunami of uh, redundancies during June that will be devastating for working people in this country. The official numbers are they're going to reach ten percent unemployment by September. I think we'll be reaching that sort of number in June, July, and it may go higher by September. And we have to be prepared as a society for. What's going to happen next?
1: So, Mike, you mentioned that, um, you know, a lot of companies didn't initially take up the wage subsidy. Now, what was the reason behind it? Because it is essentially free money from the government and not often does government, and not many countries has offered it to the employers. You know, what's, why would you not take up free money? Well, it, was for, not necess- it wasn't necessarily free money for them. It was, uh,
0: there was a condition that it was passed on to workers. And uh, there would be a, uh, I realise a bit later, there would be an expense associated with it for the company in, the, in terms of the holiday pay. So they have to pay, you know, they, by maintaining the employment of the worker, they have to pay 8% on top in holiday pay. So that's the only, ex, you know, which is a relatively modest expense in terms of being able to maintain, you'd think. But some of them were saying, we, we, we can't be bothered, we don't want to do that, We prefer to sack everybody now so uh, uh, you know that's how that's how that's how uh, how loyal they are to the they were to the workers do
1: do you think you know Michael you know that's a lot of employers have said that to us that you know it's a significant cost and we also have to pay the cost of running the buildings etc etc you know do you think it's you know one I think this might be the good thing out of this whole pandemic is actually you know these companies showed us their true face and what they're actually means because you know We've all heard this from workers: that oh, our boss will take care of us. I think this is a good realization for so many workers: it's that hey, look, these guys do not don't care about you; they just care about profit.
0: Yes, absolutely. You can see that in the uh, with the casino, which didn't bother even apply, which went ahead as soon as the uh, as soon as it was obvious that their business was going to take a hit, they started laying off hundreds of salaried staff. Didn't, didn't even apply for the subsidy for the salaried staff; only applied for the subsidy for for, uh, for, uh, for the wage staff and uh, and now they're you know as soon as the uh, as soon as the, that subsidy runs out they're going ahead with another 700 800 uh, redundancies. so no they're just there to make money for their shareholders and uh, and if the worker can't provide that then then they're going to get cut loose the, the, the hotels, there's a, there's a massive wave of redundancies through the hotel sector, the, through the broader uh, hospitality and tourism sectors. And, uh, and and I think this is going to be in the hundreds of thousands over the, over the next months. It's a terrifying thing for me. I went through a period of significant... Uh, uh, so the official the, the government is officially predicting that uh, unemployment will hit 10%. I lived through a period when unemployment reached ten percent in New Zealand in the early 1990s, and it was a it was a very harsh period for working people. So when you when we say that the official unemployment rate is ten percent, what we mean in practice is that it's twenty or thirty percent for Maori and Pacifica families, and it's a depression in working class communities, not a recession. Uh, it's a depression, and the 1990s one. The late '80s, early '90s recession was a particularly prolonged one uh, because of the economic and social policies that were that were adopted at that time. But I think this one is going to be a relatively prolonged one as well because we have a merging of a of an international recession that was happening already uh, in the in the world um, and and in this part of the world a slowing of the economy a uh, 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 significant uh, falling off in sales of major commodity items like automobiles and so on in the, in the latter part of last year and the early part of this year. So we had a recession already underfold, worldwide recession unfolding, and uh, and major credit crises in, in September and the early part of this year, the freezing up of credit markets around the globe and the U.S. Federal Reserve having to intervene to keep the credit market, keep credit flowing. So it was clear that a recession was on its way, and it got overwhelmed by or intermingled by this pandemic. So we have a combination of, you know, a sort of a, a combination of um, uh, impacts that are that are making the recession deeper, maybe than it would uh, maybe would have been initially. But uh, 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 now we have something like. of the workforce in the United States are receiving some form of unemployment benefit. It's just extraordinary.
1: But Mike, you mentioned that a lot. I imagine a lot of people who's listening to this podcast or watching it live might not remember the 90s And obviously, I I don't know what happened in the 90s. I was born around that time. But I think you might be someone great at talking about that because you've seen a, you know, when you first came into the workforce, we had industries in New Zealand where we made our own things. You mentioned that you made cars before. Now, I don't think we have any car production in this country. So we have seen a massive shift in regards to work during what the 90s and 80s and the 90s and it, it changed how workers work, and it changed, it, it changed workforces. Do you think this will take us back into something like that? Or?
0: Oh, I, I, I don't necessarily think that that's uh, what will happen. Um, uh, what we saw was the implementation of what was dubbed neoliberalism, uh, but it was an economic and social policy that sort of said, we've got to let the markets rip. Free markets, for everything. Free markets for money. Free markets for goods. Free markets for labour, and uh, and 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 that eventually uh, be- there would be a benefit. What actually happened was that old industries collapsed in New Zealand. A lot of manufacturing collapsed and uh, and never came back. It was replaced with service jobs, and so. Uh, but the ideology said it didn't matter whether you were making a vehicle or ser- serving as a barista, uh, that uh, work was work. And, uh, and, um, but often these jobs that went were jobs with union protections and union benefits, and, uh, and then they used the deep recession to destroy The power of unions and collective bargaining. So we lost many of the things that working people had as well. So we lost overtime rates as of right after eight hours. We lost overtime rates as of right on the weekends. We lost um, the, the 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 expectation that work when it was provided was full time if possible, and so we had the proliferate, proliferation of part time work and zero hour contracts without any guarantees whatsoever. So we're fighting to get back to where we were over the last, or get back some of the things we lost over the last few years. But now. Whenever there is mass unemployment again, employers take advantage of that to minimise wages and conditions. So they go after the workers' wages as the first sort of port of call in terms of cutting costs and so on. They go after the government to cut minimum wages. They go after the government to cut... Uh, any other additional benefits that might exist. So we've got to be prepared as workers. We've got to keep hold of our unions and, in fact, rebuild them because the problem with what we went through in the 1990s is that it didn't produce the nirvana that the neoliberals promised. So we were promised higher living standards. We have got lower living standards. We were promised a higher market share through productivity. We've got a we've got a lower share of the world market than we had at the beginning of it because the employers relied on cheap labour, not on investing in technology and and improving productivity. So so all of the promises uh, turned out to be a failure. Now we've got a new challenge. So let, I just want to touch on the, the new challenge we face. So how should we prepare for this crisis that's happening? The government has adopted a, a a sort of a an ad hoc uh, response because they knew that the uh, their own wage subsidy was due to run out during June uh, with most employers. They needed another Benefit system in place for the people who were who would be sacked as they came off the subsidy, they'd be immediately sacked. So I'm I'm talking, you know, hundred, maybe hundred, two hundred thousand people are going to be losing their jobs and and sacked over this period. So we couldn't, we needed a new system for dealing with those workers, and the government came up with a new system. and And as an interim measure, there are pluses to it, right? So uh, the the pluses are that it's a uh, that uh, for, you know, for full-time uh, workers, it's uh, 490 tax-free in the hand. For part-time workers, up to f- 15 hours a week, between 15 and 30. So 30 hours or more, it's 490 in the hand, tax-free. Uh, 15 to 30 hours, or 15 to 29 hours, it's uh, 250 in the hand, tax-free. One assumes they're going to make it uh, more easily accessible than the old Benefits for unemployed which they which which wins has deliberately made more and more and more difficult And I'll speak about that at another time, but you know to access um, and unfortunately um, They're not making this additional money available to existing beneficiaries So we've got two classes of beneficiaries, but we have to put that aside for a minute Uh, We'll put that aside for a minute because um, but these uh, and they also haven't m- made the unemployment this new benefit available to migrant workers, which I think they should have done both. They should have made it they should have topped up those on existing benefits. so we didn't have two classes and they should have made it available to migrant workers who are stuck here in an emergency situation as well. But leaving that aside, we have a more generous system of payment than the existing unemployment benefits. It's actually nearly twice the current unemployment benefit, for an adult, twenty-five plus. If you if you if you're under twenty-five, you get less. But the current adult, so so-called adult unemployment rate is two fifty in the hand. Um, so now that's at least the minimum you'll get as a part-time worker uh, who loses their job, and um, as a full-time worker, you'll get almost twice that. So. Uh, So it's more generous. It has a more universal character, and that it's a sort of a tax-free payment. So it doesn't also doesn't impact on other things. For example, working for families because it's tax-free, unlike um, the uh, unlike uh, uh, the unemployment benefit, where you can lose a lot of the benefits that you get under working for families because you go on a benefit. Because they've had this this uh, two class, they've had this sort of. uh, just very punitive system for people who are who are on benefits in the past. So, but the, the current, the new benefit doesn't uh, doesn't uh, uh, diminish uh, so radically for for that. But what the problem, one problem that's been identified with the new benefit though, is that you lose it entirely if you have any form of work. So uh, anyone who's accessing this benefit should be wary of any official paid employment, um, uh, because uh, technically you're no longer eligible for the benefit. You're only eligible for this new benefit if you have no work at all. Um, so uh, I think that that's a problem. We should have a system whereby people can, can get part-time work and you know, top up their payment, just like unemployed people should be able to do and uh, 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 that's not so punitive. So the unemployed should also be able to do work much more than the currently situation where they can only earn $90 a week before they lose every extra dollar, $0.70 cents tax on every extra dollar they earn. That's just nuts. They should be able to earn a couple, to a couple of hundred dollars before having any sort of uh, uh, loss of income. Similarly, those people who are currently getting this emergency benefit, which is only a 12-week thing, to see what happens leading so through to September, um, to, they should be able to do some additional work to top up their incomes as well. Um, but all of this now will 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 focus attention on what is the longer term plan by the government in this election, because uh, this is what I'd just like to speak a, you know, a couple of minutes on as well, because. What you have then, I suspect, is going to be another 100,000 people who are going to be on this emergency benefit, at least, maybe 200,000. You're going to have 150,000 or 200,000 people, whatever, on an unemployment benefit. Um, you're going to have this two class system that's going to, a lot of people are going to recognize as being inequitable. You're going to have a system that is the 12 weeks, somebody's going to be running out. And so, what is going to replace it? I think we need a system uh, of some form of universal basic income to be able to be implemented at that time that allows at least everybody who's currently receiving an unemployment benefit or student allowance or uh, a solo parent or uh, newly unemployed, at least all of those groups, doesn't have to be given to everyone in New Zealand, but all of those groups get a universal Basic income that's at least equal to that 490 that uh, they have been that uh, that full-time workers have been accessing, and that that should be a uh, tax-free tax-free income, and it should be uh, uh, you should be able to earn at least up to uh, the uh, 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 a living wage uh, without being having having punitive uh, punitive. um, Uh, taxes uh, imposed on you. So up to about $800 a week. So uh, uh, at least another $300 a week uh, without any penalty being imposed on workers, because that only takes them up to a living wage. So um, uh, it may be that this is able to be extended to a universal basic income for all adults, um, but at least it needs to start for all of those categories, and cr- so it creates equality between the sole parent, the unemployed worker, current, who was who was became unemployed before March the first, and for people who are effectively on sickness benefit and and unable to work that's about half the official unemployed number at the moment receiving benefits are actually uh, have, a, have, a, have, a, have a 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 underlying health condition as well so all of those people and the newly unemployed should be receiving a, a an, an income that's significantly better than the current unemployment benefit that at least matches what they've been receiving under this universal payment as an immersion pay- payment for the full time for the 12 weeks. So that's a, uh, and then, uh, uh, and therefore they, every, there will be equity uh, in how people are being treated, not this terrible inequitable system where two classes exist and you can't, uh, you know, you can't earn any extra money. Because I think what we need to be looking at is actually sharing work also, you see. Um, we've got families, so again, there shouldn't be a penalty on people who have partners. Now, that's another good thing about the the new benefit is that your partner can earn up to a hundred thousand dollars without it know, be, and, and whereas if you're on an unemployment benefit. You know, the 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 real unemployment benefit. If your partner earns any money at all, you lose the entire thing. And a lot of people. Um, so and yeah, well, it actually forces people to break up. It forces people to live in families apart. You know, it's a, it's an anti-family sort of system of welfare. So so everybody should be have a, have an have an individual entitlement, uh, and that should be that should be part of this new reformed system that comes in and. And there will be enormous pressure. I I think we have an opportunity to push for this more, this new equitable reformed system come the election because there will be this enormous uh, number of people receiving an emergency benefit. We will be going into the election and Labor and the Greens are going to have to have an answer as to what their long-term solution is.
1: Mike um, now, you mentioned that the universal benefit now, um I know we have this discussion in the staff meet in our staff meeting, but just for everyone else, you know how I see this this web of unemployment there, there's 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 two categories of people how I see it: one could potentially find jobs in the future, and there's another group that they may never go back to the workforce. Um, I'm going to take my mother as an example. She's fifty. How oh, old? She's 56 fifty-six. She's got ten years to retirement. It will be very difficult for her to find a new, jo- a job again in the future. I mean, uh,
0: absolutely. The uh, yes, and so we have a we have a form of a universal basic income uh, for everyone who's sixty-five and over. Right? But and that delivers for fifty. It's sort of uh, in the hand. Uh, I think that, they, and this now, I think that should be increased to four. To, I think that should be increased to four ninety. Well, it actually, effectively, is because they're getting a uh, a winter subsidy now anyway. So yeah. for, for for a number of months, it's going to be effectively about four ninety, right? Um, and then I, I think it makes sense to actually integrate uh, all of that, that, that become a tax payment again, also, and 490, and it's integrated with the other uh, the other benefits that, that, that uh, should be done at that level. And then you have a tax on all other income, you see? Um, and so that it uh, it does get clawed back as you... Uh, as you earn additional income, which the current national super doesn't. So you can actually save uh, a bit of money on that because you, you, if all other income, all other income, and that's the other thing, because to make this system work, all income needs to be taxed. At the moment, we, workers pay yep. everything, we, every penny we earn and we pay GST on the every penny, penny we spend. Generous, you right so if... Right. So so, so, and so, everybody who gets dividends from companies should pay tax on the dividends at the top marginal rate. Everybody who gets who gets wealth income, you know, capital gains outside the family home, should pay tax on their capital gains. Every every property owner, every person who accumulates wealth throughout their life in gigantic proportions, uh, there should be death duties so that we can catch them if they have escaped texts during their life we can catch them when they die because they avoid it right they
1: avoid it they they are professional the they do how do you text the dead no, well, every
0: nearly every country in the world has a death duty. We do not. New Zealand does not. And the purpose of the death duty is to catch people who have avoided, who have accumulated huge amounts of wealth. So you only apply it on, on assets over 5 million or whatever, right? Um, but people who have accumulated all sorts of wealth through their lives and then, uh, but usually often never pay tax on them, right? So you've got to have a way of uh, recouping uh, that. Um, so, you know, there should be wealth taxes. There should be death duties. It should be uh a uh, 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 tax on all income, uh not just wage income, which is what we've got in New Zealand at the moment. I think I think we should shift from I we should there shouldn't be any tax on wages up to the living wage in my uh, those and then that we have owned, yeah, you yeah. Know,
1: even those that are owned, I'm, I was looking at the tax thing yesterday People who only make fourteen thousand dollars annually—they're still being taxed.
0: No, I mean, no it's just this is New Zealand is oh, is one of the only countries in the world that does this. That that makes makes the, the, the poorest, poorest makes the poorest people in the country pay fifteen percent tax on their income. You know, now now a lot of people you know, get, if you're in a family, if you're in a, you know, if you can access working for families, if you can do that sort of thing, then, then many people you know, end up not paying tax or get a credit. But, uh, you know, it's just...
1: It penalises you for being honest, doesn't it, Yeah, <laughs> yeah So, um, I think we'll talk about more of the benefits and how... I should work in a future podcast, but I just want to touch base on you. You mentioned before the unemployment affecting Maori and Pacific Islanders. Now I know around the world this week and last week it's um, Black Lives Matters, and I think we can kind of bring that into our own country a bit um, on the Maori and Pacific Island. Why do you think unemployment is going to affect these ethnicity groups more than others? Now. You're European white. I'm Chinese. Um, how come you and I are not classified in this group?
0: Well, it's just the way the system works. You know, I mean, there is there are privileges and 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 discrimination, and it goes through the entire system. And the net effect of it is that that for decades now, Maori, the the level of Uh, unemployment among Maori was twice, has been twice that of uh, the general uh, population and Pacifica. Now, this is not due to some outbreak of laziness among the Maori or Pacifica population, because it was also true prior to the uh, the, the big increase in unemployment in the 1990s, Maori and Pacifica generally had a much higher engagement rate Than Parkia, right? So you know, like say, say the so the employment rate for Parkia might be you know seventy percent. The employment rate. For Maori or Pacifica was a more like eighty percent. There was and certainly much higher for Maori women, Pacifica women than Pākehā women. So, so the desire to work clearly very very strong. But the impact of those economic changes were disproportionate on on manufacturing workers, on workers in, in, in industry, and, and, and so it hit the communities like South Auckland desperately bad. And so the and so we had an entrenched levels of unemployment which reached 10 percent but it reached 20 30 percent among Maori and Pacifica through through, through the fact that that the, that the economic changes disproportionately impacted the communities that have been developed. So these many of the Maori and Pacifica communities they were communities that had been brought to the cities in the 50s, 60s and 70s to work in these manufacturing plants. And they were just wiped out, wiped out, one after the other. <laughs> there were a dozen car plants. There were lots of other manufacturing industries, and they were wiped out uh, deliberately, deliberately and systematically and replaced with service jobs. So, uh, eventually, you know, after a long, prolonged misery among these communities, also young people are going to be, just, you know, young people, we're going to have another generation that will, that will find it difficult getting work at For all. Sure, so right? usually, yeah, you know yeah. It's... So this this, this is why we need universal entitlements. Now, when you have universal entitlements, you can access as of right. You can't demonize those people who are receiving them. You know what I mean? It's sort of, that's what happened, and that was what was awful about the... Uh, the uh, the and and still, it's still still reflected today. Remember those cartoons where you had the the, the cartoons depicting large Polynesian families who are allegedly on a benefit. That's stereotype. and it's, it's just disgusting. Bad. racist. got to stop. And uh, we've got to we we've got to create a world that's different and equitable, and treats people with dignity and respects, and gives them an income they're able to survive. <laughs> that means that. Also, that we need to be look at sharing work. So, you know, so but without, (coughs) so that so that families, uh, so that uh, individuals, families, businesses, the four day week. You know, I think it's a great idea. You know, so that uh, uh, we can share the work around. But we need also. Basic support, so that if we go to four days, we're not losing the day's pay. Either it's made up through some sort of universal income entitlement, or uh, or the uh, or or the wage needs to be kept the same while we go to a four day week. Because what what working people. One a forty-hour week a hundred years ago, right? hundred <laughs> years, ago. you know, we went from sixty to forty, and we made it a legal minimum forty hours a week hundred years ago for a for for and and that
1: was. And easier, despite was it like? <laughs> well, a lot of all, of it,
0: you know, there was a fight all over the world for this eight-hour day, forty-hour week, and it was eventually won in the late 1800s, early 1900s around the world. And we've made no progress since then. That's just, we've doubled, tripled, quadrupled our productivity of labour uh, in that time, but we've made no real progress in terms of uh, working people's incomes and shorter working hours. So we should be looking to shorter working hours again as part of the solution to the crisis we face. Uh,
1: thank you so much, Michael. Um, it's a good time, I think we'll keep this going There's a lot of other topics um, you've mentioned that we actually haven't had time to talk about, Uh, we'll try to keep these podcasts to about 30, 40 minute max Um, yeah, so I think we'll come back next week to discuss some other issues, is there anything in particular you would like to talk about and I'll put a poll up on our social media page um, if I figure out how to do our Instagram but certainly on our Facebook page is there a topic that, some topics that you like to I
0: please. just want to uh, recommend that people go, we got, we'll put some links up, but people who need help uh, from the union, they can contact us directly, go to our webpage, but also on our webpage we've got links to the emergency providers that uh, that you can access for food or... Well, we
1: can actually get yeah, this video yeah, after it's done. Yeah. So some of that,
0: everybody, you know, this... This this, uh, this is going to be a crisis. We need a community response. We need the solidarity of our communities. We need the solidarity of our unions. We shouldn't be fighting among ourselves. we have got to reach out with love and solidarity. And if we do that, then we may be able to get through it together. And that,
1: that's definitely, uh, definitely the case. It's, it's not going to get better anytime soon from where we're sitting, as it might. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that uh, I think... I think people need to realise this is that if you do need help, please reach out. There are things available, and one thing I've noticed is that a lot of workers aren't aware that there are these things. So I've talked to workers that they're not even aware that that's four hundred and ninety available for them. Um, so please share that around. Um, will we? The other thing is, will we have guests on this podcast in the future? Do you see us having will. guests? Of course, we'll have
0: guests. We it might get guests. a
1: bit boring with just you and I? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so look. Um, We'll post up some topics that we might want to talk about um, during the week. And if we can, or if you're watching this and think you are someone who could be good at coming to us, please message, email me, or Mike, and we'll have a chat. And if it works out, we can invite you to our podcast. Apart from that, thank you very much, Mike. Gotta be strong.